Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since you have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. The word of God for the people of God. So I'm going to ask a question again uh, that I asked a few weeks ago, and I think I might get some some different responses at this point. Um, has anybody started listening to Christmas music now? Yeah, there you go. At least somebody. It is now that time of year. I know Bright FM officially switched over to being a Christmas station. Um, for the rest of the year. So, like I said, I, I said, for the first time in a very long time, I actually started the day after Halloween, um, which, is not, which is not a thing for me normally. I usually get on, get on Casey for that type of stuff, but this year it was me. So this worked out kind of great. Uh, this week we would have been in week five of our Roman series anyway, uh, which means we would have been in Romans chapter five, And the first text that I had planned out for Advent was actually in Romans chapter 5. So we're getting kind of the best of both worlds here this morning. Uh, After today, we won't be back in Romans for the next few weeks um, since we're going into Advent. (coughs) And since we are in chapter 5 this week, when we come back in the new year, we will be in Romans chapter 6. So just an overview Uh, During this Advent season, during this Advent series, we'll be looking at the traditional themes of Advent. Uh, So we'll be looking at hope, peace, joy, love, and of course, we're going to cap that off with Jesus. Um, And this will be a little bit of a different series for me. Um, I won't be breaking down and kind of explaining texts and trying to apply them to the best of my ability. Uh, like I normally do, what I'm going to be doing is talking about more major themes within a text. Um, so bear with me as I try and navigate that. Um, so I do want to start by asking you another question this morning. And it's a question that I really want you to pause and think about for a moment. Um, and that is the question of, do you have hope? And I really want you to think about it for a second. I think for some, if not most of us, it can really be a tougher question to answer right now, right? I mean, especially right now when, and I'm sure some of these topics came over to discussion uh, within the last week with Thanksgiving, um, but when you see the state of our world, right, the major conflicts going on, the fear that we may be drawn into a war that we really don't want to be in. Um, The global economy looks like a disaster right now. It's it's all a bit of a mess. 
And we see the state of our country. And I know I was talking to some of you last week after a meeting about the violence that we see going on in the streets, especially in our major cities like New York and San Francisco. And we see the opioid problem that has infected a majority of the country, no matter what community that you come from. Our country's economy in its own right feels like it's hanging on by a thread. And you start to get this anxiety because you start to feel like everything's just barely holding on and everything's about to crumble. And we can even look at the state of our denomination, right? In the United Methodist Church, a church that we all love, that, that the fact is that it's currently separating because of the actions of some. And there's just seemingly no way to save it in its current form. When we look at all these things, and for some of us, when we look inside ourselves, Maybe we feel a lack of self-esteem or you've been feeling this type of inadequacy in your life. Whatever it is, it's not hard to feel a lack of hope. But the truth is that we all need hope. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if you have put your hope or put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have a hope that surpasses anything that goes on here. Anything happening in your life, anything happening within this country, anything happening globally, you have a hope that will, that will never fade, a hope that will never leave you, a hope in eternity with a God who created all things. And it's a wonderful thing that over 2,000 years ago, a baby was born. And that small baby wrapped in a cloth in a small town in the Middle East changed everything. I mean, when we think about it, what other figure in world history has split the historical timeline, right? When we think and we learn about history, and I know that they've tried to change this over the years, but I still stick to it. When we think of it, we think of it as BC, before Christ. And we think of it as AD, which is Anno Domani, or the year of our Lord, is what the Latin translates into. And to think that that figure in our history, completely split the historical timeline right there. That's an amazing thing. Our hope is in that man. And looking into our text today, Paul opens up here in Romans 5, basically with a summary of what we've read in Romans so far. Right? This piece that we, that we read about in verse 1 is extremely important. Like I said, this is a whole summary. So what's being said is this war that we've been waging with God because of our sin. Through faith in Christ, we are made righteous and that war has come to an end. This isn't a peace that can be described as some internal sense of calm or serenity, but it's an external objective reality. It's something more like a peace treaty has been signed between us and God. We were at war with him, and now we are allies with him because of the reconciliation that we gain through Jesus Christ. But we'll talk about that a little bit more next week when we have our discussion on peace. This word hope, which is the main point of our message today, doesn't have the same definition as the English word that we think of when we think hope. Right? Webster's Dictionary explains the definition as a desire 
with expectation of fulfillment. And when you think about that definition, there's no real certainty in that definition, right? A desire with expectation of fulfillment. There's, no, there's nothing really there to grasp onto. Where the word hope in the New Testament has an absolute certainty attached to it. Biblical hope in this context is hope in the promises that God has already made us, right? And since we know that God's promises always come to pass, we have a sure hope. We have a sure promise in what God says. We're given hope in the birth of Jesus, a hope that is completely unshakable, that he has come to, to live and die as the sin bearer for us. And he will come again and he will raise us up on the last day and we will be perfected with him and live in his kingdom with him for eternity. This is the hope that we have in our faith. But that hope also has its own slate of, of consequences, if you want to call it that. And that's why I'd like to dig into a little bit further today. The consequences of biblical hope. The first is the hope that comes in the realization that we are valuable to God and that we matter. God is the, he is the only one that can place value on us. I can tell you as a guy that got made fun of a lot as a kid, right? That people do not place value upon you. It may feel like it sometimes, but they don't. Neither does your job. Neither does your spouse, your friends, enemies, whoever you think does, they don't if their name is not Jesus Christ. And let's also kill this narrative right now that we do not place value upon ourselves, which is something that's very prominent in the culture right now. And here's what I mean. If you decide to place value on yourself, you will go down two paths normally. The first, your sinful nature will take hold and you will start to think that you're better than everybody else, right? And if we've learned anything from these first few chapters of Romans, that is completely untrue. We are all sinful and wicked creatures outside of Christ. And in Christ, we are united and we are equal. So just as we are equal in our sin outside of relationship with Jesus, we are also in our relationship with him. Second is that, again, your sinful nature is going to take hold, and that's always the underlying factor in our lives, is that sinful nature within us. But that nature will take hold, and you will devalue yourself to a point of major depression and self-hatred. And my friends, that's just no way to live. I won't lie to you guys, this one was very tough for me at my lowest point. Right? I've explained in the past what, what happened to me before I came to Christ and the things that led me to him. But, so I won't really go into that again, but the realization is a very tough one to make at your lowest spot. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So while things like depression 
And a feeling of inadequacy can make you feel lonely or make you feel like you're not worth anything. God is always there with you. And he's not going to go anywhere in that time. We also have talents and gifts in us that God has placed there. Different talents and gifts than anybody else in your life. And those gifts and talents are there for a very specific reason. They're in there for a witness to others. I don't normally quote him, but I love the way that Josh McDowell put this. You might not be aware of it, but your words and your actions have power to change the path of many other lives. Your shared meal might be the gesture of generosity that soothes another's rejected heart. You're carving out time of your hectic schedule to sit with a hurting friend might plant seeds of hope that blossom and bear fruit that others may be able to gratefully gobble up. See, even in what you might see as lacking, God can do amazing things with that. The Bible is very clear about our value and our dignity in his sight. Matthew 6 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? Don't believe the, the culture and the secular intellectuals when they say that we're nothing more than a bag of cosmic goo. That means nothing in the scope of the universe. It's just not true. We as human beings are created in the image of God. As the psalmist says, he knitted us together in our parents' womb. Not only that, but in Jeremiah it says that he knew us before we were even in our mother's womb. In that we hold just so much value to him. He's known us from before we were even thought of by our mother or father. And even in that time, before we were even thought of, he loved us and he sent Christ for us. Never forget that hope of God's love for you and the value that he puts on you in every single human life on this planet. The second thing is the hope that comes in realizing that we are not our mistakes. And can I tell you, a sense of, of relief came over me the first time that I realized this one. We've all made and will continue to make mistakes in our lives, right? It's in our nature. We're a fallen species that will always fall short. <clears throat> but here's the thing. In those times, God reminds, God reminds us through texts like in 1 Peter 5 to... Humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper t- at the proper time he may exalt you, casting your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Or Lamentations chapter 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. God offers fresh opportunities for reconciliation in our lives every day. 
But we need to remember that putting our hope in God isn't just a passive thing that we do, but it's an active thing that we do, and we must turn to him. On our worst days, we, we long for something like a do-over button, right? Something that can take the mistakes that we made of the day or the month or the year and just make them go away. Something that can make us feel like we're not as much as a walking disaster as some of us feel like sometimes. And there's good news on that front. One exists, and it's right at the throne of God. And he keeps his finger on that button just waiting to push it. All you need to do is turn to him. We're not our mistakes. And even when you make those mistakes that we're all going to make, no matter how difficult they are for you to look past, God already has looked past them. All you need to do is lay that at the foot of the cross. Church, we all have value. Our lives truly matter to God, and we're not living in our mistakes when we are in relationship with him. At the end of the day, your hope is not in an economy. Your hope is not in a government. Your hope is not in the whims of other governments around the world. It's not in your denomination. It's not in your church. It's not even in your pastor. But understand that I love you all deeply. But I, just like all of those other things, will let you down. Christmas gives us hope. A hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. The only one that will, that will not let you down. His promises are certain. His promises are real. You have a hope and an absolute certainty that he will be with you forever. And as we look through this series... We'll be looking through these things that God says that he gives to us, these promises that he gives to us. And I pray that you will see and live in that hope that he gives us. Let's pray. Father, we come before you on this day and we thank you. We thank you for the hope that is available to us in your son, Jesus Christ. A hope that can and will get us through any hardship that we may face. A hope that is built on your promises and not on our own. Lord, I pray that if anybody in this congregation needs prayer, that they will come to the altar and they would meet you there. And that you would ease their hearts and their minds. That you would place a hope in them that is completely unshakable. We pray this in the name of your son, whom we celebrate this day and every day. Amen.